that you're so secure to be able to empower and release others. Yeah, yeah well, um, mainly because I don't like to do that stuff. And so somebody else <laughs> has to do it, right? Like, there, there's, there's, there's freedom. There's so much freedom to live into your giftedness and calling. Again, I, I always try to emphasize with people, you still have to do all five at kind of a basic core competency level. We all mm. have to. But there's freedom when you get to live into who you were created to be. Welcome to The Prophecy Project, an accessible prophecy podcast. In each episode, we explore some aspect of prophecy, from theology and practical aspects of hearing God, through to leading healthy prophetic cultures and exploring how prophecy can enhance local mission. Accessible Prophecy is a global ministry that helps individuals grow in the prophetic and helps local churches grow healthy and mature prophetic cultures. And now here are your hosts, Andrew Hill and Christine Wanstall. Welcome back to the Prophecy Project and Accessible Prophecy Podcast. Andrew Hill, how are you going? I'm going well. I'm freezing here in Melbourne at the moment, but I'm doing well, Chris. How are you? I'm good. And for those of you who are watching on YouTube, it does look like Andrew's got a bit of a star halo thing happening (laughs) in his background. (laughs) And it looks like you're really intelligent because you've got the books behind you. So, um, like, you've got the setup happening. Look, you know, if you can't, if you can't, you know, make it look good, you know, it's all about bluff, really, isn't it? Bluff, bravado, you know, it's it's all about that. So, if it makes me look intelligent, that's great. (laughs) (laughs) You go okay pulling stuff out um, as we're chatting through. So, I reckon it's not just bluff. Um, but yes, you're, you're right. It is absolutely well. According to Melbourne, it's cold because it's like it what is. ten degrees. But today, joining us from the US, it's awesome to have with us Brandon Kelly. Brandon, Yay. great to see you and have you it's here. It's so with us. good to be here. Yeah, good to be here. And um, so, how cold is it where you are right now? It is. The opposite of cold. It's very hot. So in uh, Fahrenheit, it's almost 100 degrees. And I think that's yeah. uh, very upper 30s in Celsius. So it is nothing like cold here. It's, <laughs> where I wish I before. was, Brandon. I, I, I'm created for warm weather. I, I think I need to move. In fact, I, I'm feeling the call. I'm feeling the call. <laughs> <laughs> So, Brandon, tell us where you are, and um, you know one of the things I love about you is that you want to. You are one of the people who um, just clearly says that you're a baking, bacon loving American. So, <laughs> tell us exactly in America where you are, and tell us a bit about yourself. Yeah, I'm in the uh, what we call the the heart of America. I'm in Ohio. Uh, so, uh, for non, uh, non us people, uh, it's, oh, a little bit back from the East coast underneath the great lakes, uh, like just under Michigan. And I'm in the Northwest portion in a, a town called, uh, Finley. And, uh, here I'm a, a, local pastor of a local church. And I mean, that's my, my main deal and my, my main gig, uh, for most of the day. Uh, also, uh, husband, a parent of four, nine, seven, four, and 18 months. 
So that oh. keeps me pretty well on my toes. And then yeah. um, outside of that, lots of different things that I uh, engage in and work with. So um, been a part of Accessible Prophecy for a long time uh, in terms of, uh, of course, participating and learning, but also helping uh, get things uh, moving in maybe a strategic, innovative way globally, and then um, help to start Accessible Prophecy in the United States, because I think prophecy is amazing and uh, something that everyone needs to engage in. And then uh, recently have been helping with uh, 5Q uh, ministry here in the U.S. that uh, helps to equip people in uh, APEST, Apostle, Prophet, Evangelist, Shepherd, Teacher uh, from Ephesians 4. From, uh, so I'm sticking around this whole kind of prophecy, prophet, apostle, trying to keep in that territory, apparently. Uh, but that's all stuff I love to do, uh, help people out as I can, um, and do some coaching and equipping in those areas. Great. So my first question um, is always the personal. Can you tell us a little bit about your own personal journey with the prophetic? Yeah. I came across, uh, you know, outside of, of Scripture and, um, you know, reading and, and, and hearing the term prophecy or prophet thrown around, came across uh, prophecy more distinctly um, as I was participating with some discipleship and mission uh, training and noticed that um, the idea of uh, receiving words and uh, feeling like God was saying something was a normal pattern of those that were leading the training. And because I was trusting them with discipleship and mission, I began to really trust them in terms of prophecy and what that looked like and maybe what that meant. And so um, as every good millennial does, I uh, Googled uh, <laughs> prophecy and um, through just some connections, uh, Accessible Prophecy came up. Uh, it was linked to that discipleship and mission training organization. And um, first thing I did was I bought the, um, the prophecy course and kind of walked through that and I, I don't mind trying things or learning or, or experimenting. So I uh, tried it out. I, one of my coworkers here uh, at, the, at the local church was my was a coworker then um, at a different church. And uh, she could probably tell you the time I walked in their office and said, I really want to try some prophecy stuff on you. Would that be okay? And just, you know, tried it out and saw what it was and figured it out. And so got involved in a, a huddle. Uh, uh, Kath Livesey happened to be leading that huddle. Um, and um, boy, you know, the rest is history. I, I, I don't think uh, the prophetic's my, my main gift. I, I think okay. I'm more apostolic by far. Um, but I think it's been there for a long time, up towards the top. Um, and uh, this just really helped uh, going through accessible prophecy and uh, doing some training around that just really helped to mature it and ground it and make me okay with it uh, and in ways that I, I never would have before. Wow. That's good. That's so good. So, Brandon, tell us a little bit about how, how has that been? You talk about the difference between the apostolic and the prophetic So, and, and say that you're more apostolic. How are you outworking that as a local church pastor? Because it, I think in most churches we've seen 
the pastor teacher gifting or the shepherd teacher, you know, Ephesians 4 gifting, outworked more so within church context. So how are you seeing that apostolic prophetic gifting outworked as a local church pastor? It is, I will, I will own, it is exceptionally hard. Um, <laughs> m- most, of the, most of the culture of the church and the expectations of the people uh, certainly geared towards shepherd teacher. Um, that's that's what people are hopeful for. That's what they want from me. And to some degree, to, to lead the church forward over time requires that you meet people where they're at and to some degree satisfy some aspect of expectation, maybe maybe mitigate expectation and, um, uh, and, and be reasonable with the expectations that they have. Uh, but um, you, you still have, you know, you can't move people too quickly. People don't like change, and they don't like shifts in culture. And so you have to go go at a, a good pace. Um, but uh, a lot of it is really kind of a, we have, um, I don't know if you, if you have this in Australia, we have uh, what we call crockpots or slow cookers. Mm. Yeah. Is that familiar? Okay. Yeah. yeah. And so it, it's there. a real, <laughs> it's a real slow cooker mentality you're putting it in the pot and you're letting it simmer all day long for it to get there. And and what I'm seeing is as I talk about the prophetic and as I talk about the apostolic, I try to use terminology and um, illustrations that are just edgy enough that it helps people take a step forward, but not so not so far forward that it scares them or makes them feel um, like they can't trust me or that it's that it's too uncomfortable. Um, mm-hmm. Always grounded in scripture, loads and loads and loads of scripture. Um, but we just finished um, we just finished uh, six six seven weeks um, in in Sunday morning worship on the Holy Spirit and really pressed Holy Spirit as um, the. Uh, uh, all, all the different aspects of the Holy Spirit, like the spirit of justice and the spirit of truth and the spirit of wisdom, and talked about how we need to hear from the Spirit, we need to talk to the Spirit and ask the Holy Spirit to speak to us. And when you pull that out of Scripture, it seems very natural and normal because it's Scripture. But yeah. if we start saying, you know, too far, too fast, like, well, let's all practice some prophecy, well, people are going to get a little weirded out by that. And so... So you always point to Scripture and you keep it really rooted and healthy. Whether you talk about prophecy, whether you talk about being on mission and being sent and being innovative, you root it all in Scripture and you go with a slow cooker's pace, and and you'll you'll get there eventually. It's it's frustrating. I get frustrated very often, but you'll get there eventually. Now I can see that Andrew and I are just like, oh, I've got so many questions to ask you, Brandon. So I'm going to jump in. I'm going to yeah, jump in before it. Andrew Andrew jumps in as well because I'm I'm intrigued about um, you know you talked about when you were going through the training of discipleship mission and you were you know there was this hearing God, there was this natural expectation that people would hear and respond to God. And so you took a really adventurous approach in that, help me understand, I want to learn, and going and going, I want to try out some of this prophecy on you. Um, how is that different to, because when you talk with your congregation it, it around cultural change 
in a broader piece, you're really taking a step back. Like it seems like there are some different paces that you're going at from a personal to a leadership. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so when I talk, when I talk to leadership and we have different levels of leadership, so we have, um, I've got a group of elders, we have a broader, uh, board that makes decisions, legal decisions. And so what I talk with my elders about, and maybe how fast I can push my elders is a little bit different than how fast I can push our board or a council. And if that's a little bit different than how, what I can push, uh, the church as a whole. And so you, you look for those who are adventurous and you test things out, I think, with those who are in leadership. Because if you don't have buy-in from leadership, then you're going to wrestle really hard. And so even when I interviewed for the job um, initially, uh, a lot of our conversations centered around, this is who I am. This is what my giftings are. This is where I think all, all churches need to go. And I said, but it's going to take five, seven, 10 years before we're going to see any real fruit from that. And I think they understood and they were with me on that. And, um, and so you, you do go at different paces and you look for, you know, some of the reasons I, I love still working with accessible prophecy or helping out with 5Q. It's because it allows me to be adventurous and to do the really wild things so that I can continue to do the slow pace things and and not you know jump off the cliff at the end of the day, right? And just keep going and keep working forward. So you, Andrew. So yeah. I, I, oh man, I, I just got so many so many things buzzing around in my head. Um, but the, so those adventurous things, um, I want to press into that that space yeah. a little bit. What, what would you call? What, what give us some examples about what those adventurous things that you talk about are? You know. Um, where, where does that where does that lead those adventurous things? Yeah, so um, so adventurous things like um, you know one of the things we're we're preparing to do right now. Um, I've got two things in in um, in process, so to speak. One is we're trying to find um, some key individuals in the church that are that are more adventurous and would be interested in trying some um, some stuff uh, missionally. That, that, the, that the church as a whole w- wouldn't be interested in or um, it, it'd be too much for them. And what we're aiming to do is, is to recruit. So we, we've come up with a little bit of a list of names. We're going to recruit the men. We're going to train them. And we're going to send them out to do some, uh, to, to go live on mission, to, to find people in their neighborhood, to build community in their neighborhood, and to, to invest in them, to give them resources to be able to do that. And by doing that, you know, on the margin, the hope is that 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 adventurous stuff we can begin to tell stories about, and um, and really aim to change the culture over time. But we have to recruit those people, and we got to get them to do some things, uh, you know, that that are a little bit, uh, uh, not a little bit, a lot different than what what the church normally does. In the same way, we're we're having these conversations um, uh, in leadership. I propose the idea. And we're talking about, I mean, nothing's a done deal, but we're talking about um, acquiring some land and building a community center in one of the lower income areas of our uh, community so that we can reach out to them 
um, and support them, be present. Um, we want to provide, uh, we've been talking about providing um, free counseling services for mental health to that area because there's not enough counselors in our city and they cost mm-hmm. too much uh, yeah. because of insurance stuff in the U.S. And so we're looking at those sort of things and all that stuff can happen without um, changing worship styles or without, um, you know, forcing everybody to get on board and to do this one thing. You know, people can select in, they can select out. We go after particular people and we go do things that are more adventurous, that have risk to them, not because they'll fail or fall apart, but because, you know, it's it's just different. It may work, it may not work, uh, but yeah. there's no harm in the end. We're just doing something that um, that may get us farther forward over time. That's so good. So, so what you just described, you know, in, in broader terms, this that's the apost- that's the apostolic gifting coming out in you. But also, right. I think that's that's a great mix of the prophetic coming out in you with the apostolic of going. I I can see where we need to go. I can see the need. I can see what God would want to do in that situation. Which Brandon, that is. That's just so so awesome now, and and some pastors might or some people might be listening to this podcast and saying, "That just sounds normal." Unfortunately, that's not normal. No, that's, no, no. no. That, that's the that's the cool thing, you know. That yeah. actually, what you're doing is you're combining that prophetic and apostolic gifting together, and that's amazing. Yeah. So I'm intrigued, though, Brandon. So you is the strategic. How do you make sure, like if your predominant gift is the apostolic, how do you make sure that you, you the way that you're headed is the way that God wants you to go? And it's not because apost- apostles hear a hundred new ideas before they eat breakfast, right? Yeah. yeah. Like it's, yeah. so no, how, you're, do you, you're, how do you bring that in? You're right on. You're right on the mark. Um so I've I've been at I've been at this church for um, almost three years. I started about six months before COVID, so it's been just a wild adventure uh, in and of itself. Um, but uh, you know, one of the things that kind of happened stepping into this role is um, I'm the the local church I'm in is rather is rather affluent. We have we have financial resources that honestly, in my past ministry experiences, I've never had before. And one of the downfalls of that is in the past, because there weren't a lot of financial resources, I really had to pick and choose the ideas I came with. And so I put a lot more work into selecting the right idea at the right time, ensuring God was behind it, and and leveraging that forward. Now there's enough resources, I can come with any idea, and usually I get a yes. Like, oh yeah, you want money for that? Sure, you do that. If you want money for this, you can do that problem is I start like 600 projects and I can't get them all done uh, because everyone just said yes to them. And so there is a real reality that you have to weigh the difference between a good idea and a God idea and, and really discern that forward. And I mean, I think that's what you're talking about. And one of the ways, you know, when it, when it comes to, when it comes to something like the community center, I've actually had the idea about the community center for probably well over a decade. And I've had this particular vision for where it was going to be in our town on on this road in town. Um, And as I was driving by, I don't know, three months ago, um, I saw the empty vacant lot where I thought it should be. 
and it came to mind again. And I was talking to a friend of mine who's uh, who heads our denomination, um, and their office is on that road. And I said, man, I, I have to get back with my elders, and we have to talk about this again. Because I mentioned I brought it up. I said, you guys pray about it, see what happens. I said, it, it just struck me again. We ought to do something. And um, the head of my denomination said, well, you know, um, our property, uh, our building sets on 10 acres of land that we've never done anything with. And he said, you know, I can't give it to you. The denomination would have, like, we'd have to vote to give it to you. He's like, but I'd fight for you to have it if, uh, you know, if, if I can get everybody else to agree with it. And so all of a sudden there's confirmation there that it's, it's not exactly where I thought this community center would be, but it's, it's maybe a, a quarter of a mile down the road. I mean, it's on the same road. It's just a little bit farther to the West. And, uh, you know, he says that and I'm like, well, now we have something to talk about. So I go back and I, you know, I talk to my elders and say, well, there's a possibility said so it's not a guarantee, but there's a possibility that there's land there. And then all of a sudden the ideas just start brewing. And, you know, one of the elders say, well, you know, our, our community foundation uh, has done um, a lot of assessing of the community and the needs that it has. Let's get you, I know that person, let's get you connected to this. Well, I can get you connected to this person and we can talk about that. And that serves as confirmation. And, and one of the things that I really like to do when I have ideas is to test them. Just start throwing them out and see if God's been speaking to other people. Yeah, and wow. if God's been speaking to other people, then it starts to be a confirmation. I mean, you can confirm on the back end. You can listen and God says, yes, go do that. But you can also check and see if God's been speaking for a while. So like our denominations has sat on this 10 acres of land. And for almost a decade for them, they've been trying to figure out what to do with that land and how they can reach the neighborhood. And when two ideas like that come together, I mean, it's 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 God moving and stirring, sometimes prophetically, sometimes apostolically, but but merged together into one. That's awesome. So when you, because that talks about community, like that um, talks about that we don't all have to have everything in the one package yep. within ourselves. Um, right what's what have been some of the challenges or the benefits or the beauty in developing that community for you where you're at yeah so um i've i've gotten to see um more and more over time we we've 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 tried to press forward on kind of the the apes conversation and um some of that is just equated to to people coming on team we we do we do a lot of um, a lot of work with interns, so we get some new fresh blood quite often. Um, and you know, coming in as someone who's more apostolic, I um, I recommended that uh, we have a position on staff for someone that would be in charge of shepherding um, to balance me out because shepherding's not my strongest suit. I can do it; we can all do it; we all have to do it, but it's not my strongest suit. And so we brought on a staff member who's our pastor of connections, and her responsibility is to oversee shepherding. And the beauty of our relationship, work relationship, is that uh, she just tells me what to do. 
So she has access to my calendar. She puts on my calendar, go visit this person, give this person a call, write this person a note. And it's fantastic because she even puts in the notes on my calendar what I should talk about. Because I, I just wrestle with that so much. And I'll, like, I'll arrive at a nursing home to go, to go pay a visit. And in the notes, it says, you're going to visit this person. And they like to talk about their kids. They used to be a teacher. So talk about that. And they really like the food at the nursing home. So make sure you talk about that. And, you know, she's so good at that stuff. And she just tells me what to do. So I submit to her in the shepherding. And I'm better for it. In the same way, we had an intern uh, for the past year who's really gifted in the teacher, uh, in the teaching aspect. And so he, he built this teaching team where we used Google Docs, and I would put up like, well, this is where I think I'm going to go with my sermon. And then they all could comment about their ideas as far as things they saw online or um, illustrations or verses that came to mind. And so I had got I got to do like a lot less work of preparation for a sermon because I had a teaching team. And this this one young man was just an excellent, excellent gifted teacher. And so he was supporting me in that. And so we have that sort of thing starting to birth and and to to come to fruition where when all the gifts are at play, the strongest abilities of each person really shines through and we create this um this even leveled playing field of of giftedness and leadership that really doesn't exist i mean at the end of the day my position is still like the lead pastor and that's fine and that's good i guess somebody's gotta you know call the shots at some point in time but you know we're, we're bringing the best of who we are to the table and seeing far greater uh, and more influential and impactful ministry because we're all together. And so my goal is to see more of that take place, to see more of those gifts brought to light, matured, and have a seat at the table so that together as a community, we can do far more than we could ever do on our own. That's amazing. Those two examples that you just used with that, I, I think there's a lot of people who will be um, trying to get hold of your connection pastor's number because <laughs> lots of pastors will be going, we need that person, we want yeah. that person. <laughs> but but you do, and it, it shows the the benefits of having team and, and the, the insight of being able to recognise that other people bring their unique gifts to the table and when they bring their unique gifts and you can bring your unique gifts and work together, you have such a, a, a much more effective, much more empowered leadership uh, taking place. I think that that's that's awesome. So um, how did you how did you get onto that? How did you go about that? Yeah, so it it um, it, it depends uh, in, in some ways. So I know what my weaknesses are, and so I wanted to ensure there was someone on staff that could complement my strengths with a whole different set of strengths. And so, you know, I requested that. I asked for that from the beginning. And um, and I said, you really want that. You do not want me to be the person in charge of shepherding. Again, we're all called to imitate Jesus, which means you don't get to say, I don't have to love you. You still have yeah. to shepherd. I mean, you still have to do that. Everybody does. But, I, you know, it's a way of saying, if you want this done really well, you, it can't be me. It's got to be someone else. And she does it really, really well. 
with the intern, it was more happenstance. We brought him on because he was interested in, in gaining experience in ministry. And so we brought him on, and he happened to come with a teaching gift. And we explored that within the first couple weeks of him being um, on staff. And when I when we unveiled kind of that he's more of a teacher, we said, well, how can we put that gift to use? What would you like to do? And it was his idea to start the teaching team. So I just gave him permission to do it. In the same way, um, we have another intern uh, whose main gift is evangelist. And so we had him go out and spend a lot of time practicing evangelism, and we, we got him some materials uh, to kind of read up on it so he can help other people do it. And so he's running an alpha course um, with uh, some other young adults who um, a year and a half ago weren't a part of the church, didn't come to this church at all, and now they do, and they're kind of the core leaders uh, they, uh, one of them um, was baptized, another one's making a decision uh, for the Lord, and um, and now there's more of them. I mean, they're they're multiplying, and it's it's just because we're naming the gifts that we see in other people, and we're giving freedom and permission to use those gifts in the way that the Lord calls them to use them. That's great. Can I? Chris, can I just press into one little more thing? Because yeah, yeah. this is because Brandon, this is this is an awesome conversation, and and that it, it presses into you must be a pretty secure in yourself type of leader. Yeah. I was because, just about to say that. That's exactly. I hear this going. Oh my gosh, Brandon, a you're self aware around your own um, challenges, but you're so secure to be able to empower and release others. Yeah. yeah, well, um, mainly because I don't like to do that stuff. And so somebody else <laughs> has to do it, right? Like, there, there's, there's, there's freedom. There's so much freedom to live into your giftedness and calling. Again, I, I always try to emphasize with people, you still have to do all five at kind of a basic core competency level. We all hmm. have to. But there's freedom when you get to live into who you were created to be. And to allow other, it's just, ha, it, it's the trajectory of my life. Allowing people to do that has been the trajectory of my life. And it's the most fulfilling thing to see other people live fully into their calling. And, um, you know, I, m- my goal is always to work myself out of the job, maybe because I'm apostolic and I'm ready to always go on to the next thing. But, you know, you, you, you have to work yourself out of the job. That's discipleship. And, and if we're not seeing that happen, then, then we're not really discipling people. So we give people shots. We give people freedom. We let people grow and mature. We, melt, we let people fail. We let them do it poorly, all so that they can live fully into their gift. And, you know, it's not my church. You, you know, it's Jesus's church, and it's Jesus's people that are leading the church. And so, you know, I can give it freely away because it's, it's not mine to, to hold on to. So I think um, I heard a leader once talk about that the sign of a good leader is not how many follows, followers you have, but how many people you develop who lead further than you. And that's yeah. really what you're talking about. Who are you yeah. developing behind that actually you're, you're freeing and empowering and equipping to go further than, than you can go yourself? Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely, and you're right. That is that is discipleship. That whole idea of you know what what you just said, 
um, Chris, you know, in terms of the greatest, I think it's Andy Stanley who says, you know, the, the greatest thing that you may not, that you, that you do may not be something that you do, but someone yeah. you develop. I think it, it, yeah. it's not a direct quote, but yeah. I'll attribute yeah. it to Andy because it, it's a, it is a great statement. And what well, you're talking and about. Andrew Hill in talking about Andy Stanley. And so next time we'll just say <laughs> Andrew Hill says, and didn't I hear Andrew all... Hill talk about this? <laughs> Isn't that and doesn't it, goes, it go, you know, such and such one said, then someone once said, then I always yeah, say, I you know, say. isn't that the way it goes? <laughs> but, but that is, it's so true, Brandon. And I, I think, you know, my hat, you know, absolutely off to you in, in that ability to, and to raise people up and to say, actually, I love seeing people step up. And as I step back, I see people step up. That is what Jesus did. That's what he modelled yeah. to us. And I think yeah. that's what he talks about even with these um, the fivefold ministry gifts that we're talking about, that actually that's their purpose. It's not to say, you know, well, I'm going to pursue this gift and that is the gift. Actually, yeah. it's, you know, that mutual submission of each gift, which I think that's the way that the body works as, yeah. as a human body. That's the way the church is supposed to work. I think Absolutely. sometimes we just mess yeah, it up. Royal priesthood. Yeah. 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 Royal priesthood of all believers. So, Brandon, I can't believe that we've been going for half an hour already. Um, <laughs> and um, one of the things we always love to ask our guests is um, what, are the, what are your go-to ways in how God speaks to you? Yeah, yeah. Um, Mine is uh, almost always gut, like a good apostle should be. And so um, I go for the walk, um, uh, go for a drive, find a little bit of margin. And um, li- when I listen, I listen with my gut. Um, and it, if, if it's, it's instinctual, it's gut-oriented, but it's never, it's never my flow of thought. And I, I think that's really important for my discernment. You know, I'm thinking, saying, well, I could do this, I could do this, and out of nowhere comes the thought or the idea or the word in a guttural way that's not of me, and that's almost always the Lord speaking. And so I trust I trust my gut, not because it's my gut, but because God speaks um, through guttural instinct for me. Yeah, it's almost that, that deep sensing thing, that instinctual... Yeah. Um, that makes you pause and go, what is that about? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, Andrew, any final thoughts or questions for Brandon? Uh, look, uh, Chris, this has been an awesome conversation. And I just say, Brandon, thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's so, so rich and and the way that the way that you empower, the way that you, you know, lift up people, <clears throat> something that I, I think more leaders need to emulate and certainly, you know, that mix of the apostolic and the prophetic, being able to sense the right people, being able to, you know, pioneer the vision, um, pioneer the movement forward. Um, oh, it's a great conversation and thank you so much for sharing. I really appreciate uh, it. Thanks for having me. This has been great. That, that's all right. Now, um, just uh, one final question, Brandon. Uh, as my favourite bacon-loving American, what's your best bacon use? How do you use bacon? Uh, the the best I've had is um, 
is candied bacon. So you take you A take lot. your bacon, candied bacon. You take your bacon, you put uh, brown sugar on it, and you stick it in the oven and bake it, and you get salty, sweet, and fat all together. Candied bacon. <laughs> I reckon that's that's almost like heart attack material waiting to happen. <laughs> crazy <laughs> it's delicious you're right though you're right though it's got the sweet the savory yeah. it's got the you know those i don't know are they good fats are they <laughs> they'd have to be what? good fats because they just sound so good <laughs> they're delicious fats for sure delicious yes can um, you have uh bacon with ice cream uh i've had it before um, it has to be maple ice cream. So you have maple ice cream with bacon in it. And again, it's the salty sweet uh, mixed together. Uh, actually, because I've had pancakes, really well. pancakes with bacon and maple syrup, and that, I have to yep. say, yep. hits the spot. Yeah. Yep. See. All right. <laughs> dessert we'll go enjoy dessert some for me is just cream. dessert. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, we're going to say farewell and we hope to see you all again soon. Ciao. Thank you for listening to The Prophecy Project. We hope you've been encouraged as you've listened today. We would love to connect with you. You can do that by following Accessible Prophecy on Instagram and Facebook. If you have a question or topic you would like us to cover, please check the podcast information description for ways that you can connect with us and for links to resources, workshops and coaching. We hope you'll join us for the next Prophecy Project podcast.